Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident hempo-sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Hemp Present, the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I'm the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 25th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a hempcrete fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Canadian activist and entrepreneur Rene Gagnon, founder and CEO of Cannabis Centers, Inc., and the first transgender CEO of a publicly traded marijuana company, who will be joining me in about 80 seconds. Those of us who are in the cannabis industry and who are cannabis enthusiasts, we know a little bit about bigotry. We've been a misunderstood social demographic since the race-based lies and discrimination of the 1930s when yellow journalism was used to scapegoat immigrants, people of color, and even jazz musicians in a very successful effort to demonize everything cannabis. We've been laughed at, scorned, and imprisoned. A century of hate and bigotry has been leveled against us while families have been torn apart, 
homes have been summarily raided, and the lives of gentle, decent, contributing Americans and beyond have been violated and shattered, or worse, lost, as prohibition has been waged against us in a state-sanctioned campaign of hate and injustice. While some things are changing in some areas and public awareness is growing, these atrocities have not been limited to those who choose to smoke or eat or grow or sell cannabis or cannabis products. Hate and bigotry impacts all aspects of the human condition, as we've painfully seen recently in Orlando, Florida, and is almost always the byproduct of fear-based and ignorance. Fear, false expectations appearing real, hope, helping others perceive enlightenment. We can in no way compare the struggle that the pot culture has endured to the struggles that others have experienced, but we can acknowledge that we've shared suffering from hate, bigotry, and a lack of understanding. Now in America, we have a national narrative grappling with the issues of people's gender as if that matters to anything. Personally, I wouldn't even notice if there's a transgender person sharing the bathroom with me, nor would I care. Just like the injustice of marijuana prohibition, the issue of people's gender choices should be their own concern and nobody else's business. If it makes them happy, if it makes them feel more human, more themselves, more complete, then what does it matter to anyone else? I believe the threat is imaginary. And just like the issue of cannabis, the more successful people in society who are living productive lives, engaging in commerce, and acting as functional, responsible members of their communities, the more this fear-based bigotry and exaggerated stereotypes will eventually fade away for transgender people as well. My guest today is a pioneer on both fronts, and I'm glad to be able to present her briefly to you on Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. Renee Gagnon is the founder of Cannabis Centers, Inc. out of Canada, which is involved in medical cannabis development and supply chain management, as well as Great by Design, Inc., which provides concept consultancy to commercialize and develop legal cannabis product designs, and Cali H2O Corp., a privately backed startup focused on servicing various high-value sectors of the U.S. Southwest. She's joined me today in the massive Hempresent virtual studio. Welcome, Renee, to Hempresent on Cannabis Radio as the trucks pass by. Oh, well, thank you very much. And let me first, uh, I'm a little choked up at the moment. It's uh, been a very emotional 24 hours for a lot of folks. And what's interesting is what you discussed was something that became very apparent in February when I was down in Denver and met with a lot of ladies from Women Grow at their leadership summit. And one of the more interesting things was is that the Women Grow is an amazing organization within this space. It was created to create space for women entrepreneurs in cannabis to have just discussions. And part of the problem was overcoming the fact that this industry survived prohibition largely through a lot of men and a lot of male effort and a lot of living under the threat of law. And a lot of women were consumers but directly avoided any kind of public participation the way the boys did. And going down and seeing these these women in Denver, another thing came up was that a lot of women were in very conservative communities. And when they talked about cannabis, to me, it sounded like listening to young kids before they come out. They're worried about what their neighbors think or what's going to happen at school or are they going to lose their jobs? And to me, it was like, oh, my God, wow, you're in the closet. You know, we know something about that. I think your community needs to start working with our community because your dispensaries got our people through the AIDS crisis. You know, no one else would give them medicine. It was the dispensaries that figured out how to give them their weight back and fight and carry them through. So there's a very long, beautiful relationship between 
cannabis and the community. And now in this month of pride, cannabis should be getting out to the pride and showing your company, showing your dispensaries, uh, waving the pot leaf around because we, we got to do this together because the same idiots that don't like us, they don't like you. And of course, I should mention that we're recording this just barely in the wake of the tragic yeah. uh, attacks in Orlando, Florida at the Pulse Club, uh, a shocking and sobering reality that we face as religious fundamentalism, mental health and bigotry you know, show their ugly face again. And, and I, I think just, we you know, should use the word massacre absolutely. more because this was a record setting kind of event is the way the press like using that term, like it's a new notch on the belt, like the worst since wounded knee. Seriously, this is a big thing. And because it was just one demographic, I know for a fact that if, if this had been another particular demographic and it had been another thing, the, the reaction would be a lot more alarmist. And I'm grateful for that in a, in a perverse way, because I think a lot of people went, oh, well, it's just them. It was targeted. We're not going to freak out. At least we didn't amp up to level orange and bring in Homeland Security and stop the airplanes for crying out loud, right? Not yet. Well, they're trying to spin it hard that way, right? Yeah, but this, yeah. this is this is the problem, though, is that, you know, this this was it doesn't matter to our community if the guy was waving a, a Bible or a Koran or believed in ISIS or, you know, the focus on family. You know, it's the same 50 dead people and 50 injured people. So from our community's perspective, the reason and the implements are irrelevant this was just another amped up example of what's been going on. And, you know, this is part of society. This is a big thing. If you ever go to Pride in Amsterdam, it's in August. It, it's also a Holocaust memorial because the invention of the pink triangle was for the camps. And so this isn't the first rodeo. And so when laws start getting passed, it sounds very familiar. <laughs> Well, I think it's safe to say uh, for everyone at Cannabis Radio that we grieve uh, with the families mm-hmm. and mourn for those who are lost, and we pray That's that true. the injured recover and don't add any more to the list of people that have passed. Absolutely. A, a shocking, Absolutely. shocking development. Absolutely. Um, and and there's, there's been way too much violence, as well as there's been too much violence associated with prohibition in general. I um, hope so. I hope I, this I, is a tipping point moment for, for both things. We're seeing it in Canada on cannabis. The tipping points coming despite the monopoly, the monopoly struggling and hanging on. But the tipping point happened without their permission. It happened without the politicians having finally been convinced for legalization. The public just decided on its own. Well, you know, as recently as 2014, you were Robert and now you're mm-hmm. Renee. How scary yeah. was your transition right in the middle of your entrepreneurial oh. efforts? I mean, it must have required a great deal of courage. Um, and it must have been, I mean, an amazing Courage. experience. No. Well, see, I was outed by my my ex-wife. So I, I had exited a marriage of 22 years, um, hadn't planned on transitioning. I was just getting out of, you know, my marriage and what wasn't working. And, you know, my children were, one was off to college and the next one, you know, my youngest daughter moved in with me. And the transition decision sort of happened after we went public, I had been going out at night down to the gay club in town. There's only one left because Victoria is safe enough that 
you can go pretty much anywhere. So it's sort of an interesting dwindling culture. But that was the one safe place I could do. So after the busy work week of being this public company CEO, I would come home and my daughter would help me do my makeup and I would head out to the club and dance for an hour or two, have a couple drinks, come home and then go to work again. And the problem was I was outed publicly by my ex. And that started sort of a cascade. And because that cascade happened, I had to make a public outing of myself on Facebook to get ahead of what was being told. And so when I outed myself on Facebook, it became a problem very rapidly corporate-wise. And you have to understand that this was pre-Caitlin. So in our community, there's a pre-Caitlin and a post-Caitlin. Post-Caitlin was interesting because the very next day after she first spoke with, at the time it was Bruce talking to Diane Sawyer, the next day I noticed like an 80% drop in people asking me about my junk. It was amazing. And by the time Caitlin was on the cover of Vanity Fair, I would have people smiling at me and, and whatnot. And the number of you know, confrontations or, you know, things like that just tapered off rapidly, very precipitously. And as people were more educated by sort of the drip of media, it made it very easy now. But I existed in the corporate world pre-Caitlin. There were five existing public company Fortune 500 trans CEOs, and you would have had to really Google the heck to find that out. I had no reference points. I had no examples. I had the fact that I was a licensed marijuana producer in the most conservative possible sectors that the government had ever conceived of, financed by one of the most conservative financial sectors on earth. The reason we survived the 2008 meltdown was, well, we're just a lot more skittish than you folks are. So It was a very, very unpleasant experience. I am speaking with Canadian activist and entrepreneur, Rene Gagnon. We're going to take a quick pause of the cause because there's flaws and laws here. A quick word from our sponsors and come right back. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dr. Dagger, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. 
The cannabis business industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your Canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. I give you Jasmine Huff. Tell us a little bit about Jasmine, give us the good news about how you've gotten to where you are today. Like all good children, I rejected my parents' values and and ran off to become a capitalist in New York City and did a lot of work with an organization called Women 2.0. Looking at the cannabis industry, I said, you know what? Here we have a brand new industry. It's going to be a billion dollar industry. And the rules of who leads this industry and who funds this industry haven't been written yet. Good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Presents on Cannabis Radio with Renee Gagnon. Renee, like myself, I've read that you were introduced to cannabis at age 13. You, after moving to Vancouver, British Columbia, since that time, the pot industry has gone from being a backwoods hippie operation to an emerging corporately funded growth industry. How cannabis is going to change the business world and the greater world eventually? Yeah, well, what we're seeing here was kind of interesting by by Canada adopting the hyper-pharma model on cannabis – it went from where the technology and the systems had been for avoiding police detection, right? You know, barriers in your walls to stop thermal cameras and everything. Odor, you know, capture was meant to, you know, not give you away. Not a lot of design had been dealing with the fact that when you're dealing with pharma standards and lab testing at the pharma level, you're dealing with incredibly idiotic <laughs> tolerances that you can't just do the old way. And a whole lot of money was burned in Canada in the first year and a half of this program by every company suddenly discovering that you, you couldn't do it that way anymore. And so there's, there's been a bit of a, a change. And what's going to be interesting is if the government chooses to keep this model expand it or allow these folks to divert you know jump into retail to meet a adult use market the problem is is that it's it's just not scalable creating successful businesses in the cannabis industry is a trailblazing groundbreaking venture for anyone at this stage of the game but you're doing so as a transgender woman and the first one in your field has your gender identity impacted your work at this point and if so how i've been freakishly lucky what i thought was a career ending moment came with a one year sit on the sideline post buyout non compete 
that gave me a chance to just sort of wander around, look at things that I wasn't able to look at before, like, for instance, the dispensary community. And also a chance to get around, travel, and then by accident wound up at a woman grow event in Vancouver. And the weird thing had been that although I had License 5 on Earth for direct-to-consumer, had gone public, you know, we had done four-time subscriptions, so like an oversubscription. If I was in a tech company, that would have been front-page news. I was like virtually... I could walk into any conference and nobody would know who the heck you were unless you were one of the larger of the big alphas that spent a lot of money on branding. And it wasn't so much an ego thing, but the problem is that at the time there was 13 of the licensed producers. I was one of 13. And then when I left, I replaced myself. I found a, a very incredible woman to replace me. And out of the 31 companies, there's still only one female. So in dealing, you know, walking into Women Grow in Vancouver, I'm suddenly in a room with 75, 80 women in cannabis who were all absolutely happy to see me. Whereas when we got our license producer license, I started receiving death threats from activists because they felt we were the second coming of uh, Monsanto. And so this was an incredibly unpleasant experience, being that hyper-corporate and part of this monopoly. It was very antagonistic against the very community that I loved. And then also being trans, it made it better, I think, for connecting into the Women Grow community. I think because I had to go through a lot of things in my lifetime being this trans person. So here's the thing, even though outwardly I was presenting as male for 45 years, practically, I was experiencing the world as a woman inside. And so all the conversations that I had over the decades and all the things I heard still produced impact. And so working in the male cannabis industry, it's like working in a brokerage firm, you know, as far as the LP system in Canada is, it's all business guys in suits. And so you can imagine what that culture is like. When I found Woman Grow, suddenly it was like, oh my God, wow, you make, you make medicine. Oh my God, you're actually helping people. Wow. We couldn't do that. What do you mean? You had a license. Yeah. The government didn't really want us to be successful. So they kind of broke it. What do you mean? Well, you know, it was just no way to really th thrive and flourish because they didn't want it to. It was just meant to shut up a, 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 a charter lawsuit that the activists had won that said, oh, you must give us access. They said, great, companies can do it. Based on what? Experience? No. Caring? No. Is this subsidized so it's free for sick people? No. Whoa, wait a second. This is Canada. We're socialists. Medical's free here. But that's not the system. So it just doesn't work. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a very weird place to be. And also looking at the intersection that, you know, if this is our industry and there's 30 males, one female, that's not balanced. That's not representative of what you know. When you walk into a dispensary anywhere in the United States, do you just see nothing but boys? No. When you go out and you look at growers in California or Washington State, no, that's not true. You look at topicals, is that true? No. So why is it in Canada we chose this particular mining company board and corporation photocopy? It doesn't make sense.
And of course, I want to mention that your Women's Grow presentation is available on video. I think I accessed it on LinkedIn. I accessed it on LinkedIn. Can people find it anywhere else? Yeah, you can go to the Women Grow site and they've got uh, links off there to the various videos. And also, if you look up my name, Renee M. Gagno, on YouTube, I think I've just got it stuck there too. And you okay, can click yeah. on it. That was the highlight of my life. That was literally like, for me, it was an American Idol moment. It was the same place where they'd done an American Idol or one of those talent shows. And I saw it on TV and I had this horrible panic attack where they said it was going to be. I just visualized, you know, three judges with X's sitting in front out in the audience. It was it was staggering. It was the biggest audience I'd ever had a chance to talk to. And it was received so warmly. And I met so many ladies afterwards and just learned so much about what's going on all over the States and in Texas and all the amazing things they're doing. It was inspiring in a way I hadn't found inside the male cannabis community, which I had a debate with one person. They said, well, you know, look, you know, you go to any of these trade shows, it's, it's not, you know, exclusively male. Well, it pretty much is. When you look at them, investor expos or all these other things, it comes down to essentially a dick wagging contest on who has the biggest booths. It's no different than Comdex was at one point. Huh. I only got about a minute left before I have to go to <laughs> our, our, our final break. Uh, since four states and D.C. have decriminalized cannabis, there's been an explosion of related startup businesses. Uh, in Canada, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau wants to legalize pot there as well, but there's been a recent rash of dispensary raids by the RCMP. Uh, in about one minute, what's going on up there? Well, basically, it's pushback. When you got a monopoly that's you know wanting to kill its competition, you just do the math. The dispensaries earn more in one month than the 31 LPs did over a financial quarter. It's just, this is, it's going to get worse if people don't do something. They're going to flamethrower the ground to create their level playing field for the new legislation. And if people don't start acting like a federal corporation and walking like one, they won't even be considered. And that's the problem. And that's not fair. Dispensaries are the only thing that basically women and minorities can afford to participate in the cannabis industry. Anything over a quarter of a million dollars, you got to be pretty much, you know, white and, and rich. And yeah. the average cost of getting an LP application in Canada is three to five million dollars. So, how inclusive is that? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, here in here in Washington State, our medical dispensaries have just been shut down. Yep. by the Washington Liquor and Cannabis it, Board. Yeah, yeah. They've been, yeah, been shuttered and replaced for a insufficient recreational system, in my opinion. Absolutely. I am talking, I'm talking Absolutely. to Ray Gagnon. We are going to take another pause for the cause. Listen, another word from our sponsors and advertisers. We'll be right back for our final question. So don't go anywhere. We've got the best stuff coming up. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. 
Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now... Back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hempersent on Canvas Radio with Renee Gagnon, Canadian entrepreneur, activist, and transgender CEO. Renee, as I referenced in my intro, there's a very high-profile discussion about which bathrooms transgender people <laughs> should use. Do you think that's an important discussion, or are there other transgender issues that you should, and pardon my expression, trump that one? Well, as it were, it wasn't us that started the discussion, and I've been very vocal with a lot of folks when this first thing came up. One of the more interesting aspects was that if you just simply go back to Jim Crow, a lot of this just looks roughly the same, so it's not like this is a big shock and surprise, and considering that they just lost gay marriage last summer, had to go poke at somebody, and they're tired of poking at things that seem to be bigger and supported better in society than they are. So they thought they would go after what they had thought was a lot smaller community. And the, the problem was, is that this was a illogical thing to even bring up. And because it became such a furor so quickly, it started running, I think, counterproductive to whatever the hell they hoped. When you look at PayPal saying, hmm, we're not going to put in a half billion dollar call center because we don't want to put our employees at risk. And we're going to go and help support the LGBT community in overthrowing this stupid thing. And then other companies piling on and nobody had to protest. Nobody had to go set themselves on fire. These are corporations that on their own made the decision a couple years ago that gay's okay, inclusion's good, and the tech companies in Silicon Valley, I think, figured it out first. Why? Because they hire brains. They stopped caring what the brain was in a long time ago, and they were the first ones to be fully out. And when you look at last year's Pride Parade in San Francisco, Apple asked its employees to turn out. Oh, my God. 
if you if you go back and look at that parade, there was an endless ocean of Apple employees followed by Salesforce employees. And these corporations have power and influence that we we're a we're a, like a half of a percent. And so we can't fight the bathroom battles. The fact that everyone else finds it idiotic is a great relief. I spent most, you know, the past year and a half explaining to everybody why I'm doing this. And the fact of the matter that I don't also have to fight to, for a place to go pee, thank you. One more thing off my list, right? It's greatly appreciated. The problem was it creates blowback, though. The extremists in the States who to me are no different than the idiots I see throwing gay people off buildings in ISIS land. They, they want to keep this war going. And so they just keep looking for a crack this way. And the whole defense of women nonsense, when you look at the states that first did this, look at their rape statistics. They should be worried about rape of actual women, real women, human, real women, not imaginary figment of imagination, women and children. The, the, you know, nor, was it North Carolina? 2,000 women a year raped. Actual women. That's, that's 20,000 a decade. What but you the can hell bet there's 2,000 investigations, right? Oh, hell. I mean, how many of those police departments uh, got burned a year ago because nobody was processing rape kits because there was no funding? But there's funding to worry about who goes pee where. That's just obscene. And if I was a woman in the United States, there would be buildings burning. I don't understand why they haven't yet. This is obscene. And, you know, they're saying about, oh, well, we're here to protect women. Apparently, you're doing a horrible job. Really bad. So how about you try working on the laws against normal rape, cleaning out that 2,000 a year, then start looking for imaginary rape. Wow. Amazing. Amazing times that we live through as the, you know, as our mutual struggles Absolutely. for equality and humanity and tolerance. But that's and the love. hope. Compassion. That's the hope. You know? That's the hope. And Continue. that's where I think cannabis works is that cannabis keeps popping up every time we seem to have a cultural crisis or revolution because I think it's glue. It's also medicine. It's also art. It's everything. And when you look at the opponents, how do they always live their life? They're abstemious. They're denials. They're, they're absolutists. Well, that sucks. And they're bored and it makes them crazy. And, you know, crazy people want everyone else to be crazy with them. Well, cannabis yep. keeps us sane and keeps us away from those crazies. And eventually they'll all move to the heartland and have three or four states of their own where they can wear Puritan clothing and be against sex all they want and leave the and, rest and of us alone. You can't spell health care without THC right in the exactly. middle. Exactly. Exactly. Renee Gagnon, our, our time is up. I could Thank talk to you. you for an hour. Thanks Wonderful. so much for taking the time out to talk with me. Thanks for your courage. Oh, my uh, pleasure. As Thank you. As you move you. forward in life, I look forward to seeing you speak at this year's Seattle Hemp Fest, August 19th, 20th, and 21st. So excited. Take Thank care. you. Take Be care, well. Vivian. Bye-bye. You bet. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio, and that is the quote of the week, and here it is. In 1969, America put the man on the moon. In 2016, America put the man in the women's bathroom. That's Celso Q. Kierkorn. 
and I'm nobody to make fun of somebody's name, folks. That concludes this installment of Him Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank my peeps in the control room, Hannah and Brasco, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis fabulation with some hippie hero on a journey to justice. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. The Hemp Present theme song, Take Back the Plant, is performed by Stickerbush, sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.